Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let's get the Matt Michelle right now. He is entrenched in everything Fiesta Bowl as LSU takes on UCF. Matt Michelle from the Orlando Sentinel, Sentinel College Football Writer. Find him on Twitter at OSU Michelle. Matt, thanks for joining us tonight. No problem. Thanks for having me on. All right, Matt, first off. UCF looking to cap off this season. They're taking on a tough LSU team. If they do it, do they fix the do they fix the press box at the stadium and like put like back to back national champs? How does this work? <laughs> you know, I don't think that Danny White will actually. You know, the UCF AD who who declared them national champs last year. I, I'm not sure if he'll do that again this year. I think that was kind of a, a special type of thing. I I think if you get to the point where you start declaring national champions every year, I, I think it loses a little bit of the luster. Um, I think he will do something special. He's mentioned it a couple times, obviously, if they win. I think he feels like, you know, another undefeated season just kind of validates what they've been able to do as a program. And I think it also, you know, kind of validates his push for, you know, trying to make a a change to the college football playoffs. So um, I definitely believe if they win, he's going to do something special. And I think he's going to probably find a way that maybe it might tweak a little bit at the, uh, the college football playoff selection committee. How strongly have they talked about changing conferences at UCF? You know, I, I think right now they're at this point, you know, at least publicly, they're, they're happy uh, being in the American Athletic Conference. I think obviously if the Big 12 uh, situation had happened a couple of years ago where they were talking about expansion, you know, if they had been gotten a bid, I think they would have loved to go there. They would love to get into a, a Power 5 school uh, and, and kind of prove their, their case. I mean, obviously there's a lot of benefits from it. You know, just financially alone would, would be huge boost for them. Probably, you know, nearly, you know, uh, triple, maybe quadruple what they're making right now, currently in the American. Um, but right now, that's not the case. So they're kind of built, they're doing what they have to do in the parameters that they have. And I think they've been able to do that really well. I think if they can continue to stretch, maybe take it into next year as well, I think that makes them look a lot more attractive in case someone, you know, in case the landscape does change and there is going to be some sort of expansion, whether it's the Big 12 or somewhere else. Because obviously you're getting great players, you're able to finish off these seasons. If you beat LSU, you beat an SEC team for crying out loud, and I can certainly give you a puncher's chance even without the quarterback. So if you do all that, it starts to make me think. Okay, and I brought this. I actually I brought this up with Rashad Perryman. Can you believe this? I said, could you believe that that this could be? Could this be like a Miami in the '80s situation where you really build from the ground up? start to groundswell in that state that has such great athletic talent and those kids know how to play the game. Do you think you could do something like this? He smirked. He was excited about the possibility, but you know he doesn't see the landscape like you do. Do they have the resources for that? Would they have the resources for that? Is that possible? Yeah, you know, I think they've, they've done a really good job. One of the things that, that Danny White has done a really good job of is it's really fundraising. In fact, the last three or four years, they've had, each year they've had a record-setting fundraising campaign and that in turn has kind of paid off in the fact that they're upgrading facilities they're currently in the process of building a new football facility they're upgrading the stadium they're putting in a recovery cove like a lazy river they call it here um that's going to be you know attractive to to young recruits you know the the past coaching staff you know scott frost did a really good job recruiting 
you know, Orlando and the state of Florida. Josh Heupel and his staff have done a good job of that doing it as well. If they can continue to recruit the state of Florida, get the kids that maybe would have, you know, kind of decided, you know, at the last minute decided to go to Florida or Florida State, I think there's a possibility that they can, you know, find a way to continue this the stretch they're on. I think the challenge is going to be they're going to have to start scheduling tougher opponents. They're going to have to start scheduling more Power 5 schools. And I'm just not sure if Power 5 schools now, looking at what UCF's been able to do over the last couple of years, are willing to take that chance. They realize it could actually backfire them if they schedule UCF. Matt Michelle joining us. Let's stay in the state of Florida. Uh, did you hear about Mark Richt and then Manny uh, Diaz? Yeah, and it, 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 I'm unbelievable when you think about it. I mean, um, obviously, you know, Mark Richt leaving or announcing his retirement, you know, and then within a couple hours, you know, Manny Diaz, who had already, you know, accepted the job at Temple, now changes his mind and decides to stay at Miami and, and, and become their head coach. It's a bizarre story, and it really kind of shows you kind of all the all the goodwill that Miami had built up over the last year or so mm-hmm. under Rick. Now you think kind of goes out the window. Even with Diaz being hired, I think it's just going to be tough for them to kind of justify, you know, all the turnover going on, uh, you know, at that school. It'll, and I feel sorry in a way for Temple, which basically had a head coach, went out and recruited, you know, started building a staff, recruited some kids, and now they've got to turn around and, and find a new head coach. Matt Michelle joining us on the show. Okay, what would you think of Notre Dame last night in that Clemson game? And then we'll obviously get to the other one. But go ahead on that one first. Well, you know, I think the, the, the concern I had for Notre Dame going into that game was, you know, they couldn't become one-dimensional. If they became one-dimensional, there was no shot of them beating Clemson. And that's just what happened. You know, Clemson's front line was too dominant. You know, they're able to get pressure on Ian Book. They shut down the running game. Um, and once they jumped out to a big lead, I just felt like Notre Dame really could never find their, their, gra- their ground and their footing. They really weren't able to take advantage of that. So um, it's disappointing for Notre Dame, I'm sure. Obviously, the last time they were in a big situation was, you know, 2012 when they took on Alabama, and they got blown out in that game as well. So I, I think it's, a, it, it's definitely something Brian Kelly's got to, to think about as they move forward. Because, you know, they just got to the playoff for the first time. They wanted to make a way to continue doing that. Matt Michelle with us on the show. Well, I keep getting all these history lessons about Notre Dame and, and basically <laughs> sucking up the room in the postseason, whether it be in big bowl games or whether it be in the college football playoff now. And all these folks keep saying, well, they got to join a conference. And I'm going, I don't think anybody's going to learn a lesson. If they're 12-0 and next year, I think they'll still be in next year. And if they expend eight teams a year after that, well, then, hell, they'll be allowed to have one loss and they'll still get in. I don't think any of this – Matt, maybe I'm wrong. I don't think any of this really transfers over because I'm still here in Ohio and I can't make an argument against Ohio State next year because, well, they lost by 31 to Clemson a few years ago. Yeah, you know, I don't think Notre Dame's going to push – I don't think no matter what happened this weekend, or I don't think that's going to push Notre Dame into a conference. I mean, listen, they've they've – been you know steadfast in the fact they don't want to be in a conference. They do a good job of scheduling Power Five opponents. Their schedule is usually one of the toughest in the country. You look at what they've been able to do. I mean, yes, it's disappointing to lose to Clemson, but again, if they go twelve and zero, like you said, there's no way they're not going to make the, the the top four again. So, I think this was a learning you know lesson for for Brian Kelly and and, and the and the team. I think they're going to continue to go out and recruit as hard as they can. And I think if they can continue to do that, they'll be right there. But I mean, again. You know, we hear this every couple of years that, you know, they talk about Notre Dame you know, joining a conference, but I just don't think that's going to happen, at least not in the foreseeable future. Maybe sometime after the current playoff uh, uh, deal is done, maybe, but I, I, I don't ever, I, you know, I just don't see Notre Dame ever doing that. Can Clemson hang with Alabama stuff next week? I think they can if they, if they play like they did against Notre Dame. If they use their, their front line, if they put pressure on Tua Tungvaloa, if they can kind of, you know, shut down 
the running game like they did with Notre Dame. Uh, you know, offensively, if Trevor Lawrence can, you know, find the holes that, that Kyler Murray, you know, wasn't able to take advantage of, um, I think they might be able to. Again, I think when you look at how Alabama's played this year, though, they've played so well. that played at such an elite level. Offensively, they look great. You know, Tua Tungvaloa said he wasn't even 100%, and if that's not 100%, I'm, I mean, it's baffling to me how well he played. Um, and, and they just look good at every spot, especially the skilled position. So I think this looks to me like it's another shot for Alabama to get another national title. Matt Merchell joining us on the show, at OSU Merchell on Twitter. You get a little bit bored by these matchups, or do you still like them? No, I still like them. I know people have talked about that the last couple of days, you know, that, you know, this is, they're getting tired of seeing the Alabamas and the Clemsons in the title game. I mean, listen, these are the two top teams right now. I think everything in, in college football especially is, is cyclical, and I think eventually you're seeing these other programs slowly work their way into that same sort of stratosphere. You look at what Oklahoma's doing. I think they're just around the corner there. You look at what Georgia's doing. You look at what Notre Dame did. You look at some of these other programs, Michigan, Ohio State. They're just right there. I just think at this moment right now, Alabama and Clemson are playing some of the best football the last three or four years. That could change, you know, eventually. Schools are spending more money. They're out recruiting better players. I think we could see different teams in there. And, again, if they, if they do choose to expand the playoff, I think that could definitely open the door a little bit more for some change, especially in the national championship game. Oh, do you pick Alabama to win the national championship this year? Yeah, I do. I, I think they're, they're playing some of the best football right now. I mean, I think Clemson's got, you know, strong defense, probably much better, obviously, than what you saw out of, out of Oklahoma. Um, but I, I think that, you know, this is Nick Saban. I mean, this is a guy who finds a way to win games. Um, and, you know, obviously Alabama played not nearly as perfect of a game against Oklahoma. And, and you know, and I think Nick Saban is going to try to fix those kind of problems going into this next game. I give them a, a better shot of winning this game. I, I think right now we're seeing as close to a dynasty as you can when it comes to a, a, a sport like college football. So if they win, that's seven national championships overall for Nick Saban. He's 67 years old. Would he think would you think about stepping up to the NFL if, say, Aaron Rodgers or Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold was your quarterback? You know, I, I think it would have to be an elite job. I mean, maybe, you know, and again, it would have to be depend on whether or not he got a lot of, you know, control, a lot of power there. You know, maybe who can, who can you know, uh, hire and fire, you know, who he could bring in and sign the players. Um, he kind of did that a little bit with Miami. It didn't work out nearly as well. Um, I think if there was a challenge there and he, he wants to do that, I think he might want to do you know, make that move. But right now, I mean, I kind of feel like why would you leave, you know, Alabama? I mean, you, you've set everything up really so nicely right now. You could probably win the next two or three national titles if you really wanted to. Hmm. Um, it's just whether or not he feels like this, this challenge has gotten old and he wants to kind of try his hand at something new. Let me throw another one in there with my bias to see if I can swing you here a little bit. Would seven national championships and one championship, but with the Browns, would that put him past Bill Belichick? You know, man. In this lifetime. Yeah, I think it could. I mean, based on what he's been able to. I mean, think about this, too. You know, NFL coaches, you know, you you go out and you spend money and the team spends money and you you sign guys and you you, you take those guys and you go out there and win. Think about what a college coach has to do. You know, you're out recruiting kids. You got to get kids in. You got to worry about the NCAA. You got to worry about you know following the line of that. You've got to go out there and make sure you get these 18, 19, 20 year old kids. You've got to develop them into those kind of players. You've got to do that all in a shorter window, 13, 14 games now. Um, I think it's much more impressive for to see Nick Saban do something like that than a Bill Belichick because by the time he signs most of these players, 
they've already been developed. They're already ready to go. They're already elite players. So to me, I think it's more impressive, you know, to see Nick Saban do what he's done. And, and if you could do something else, you know, another championship somewhere else, I, I think it would be even astonishing if we think about it. Matt, we thank you very much for the time. All the very best, my friend. Enjoy the Fiesta Bowl. Hope to run you down again soon. All right, thanks a lot. Take care. Enjoy yourself. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.